Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. You never call, you never write. Ho, Val. Ho? Hey. Lost your address. Sorry. Graf told me you built this raft yourself. I had instructions, and I wouldn't trust it on the open ocean. But here on this little pond... You're brown as a hazelnut. <laughs> you should have seen me the first two weeks. Red... Sunlight feels good, though. Less and less of it these days. Was it still summer when you got here? I've seen the whole change to autumn colors. Don't get much of that in space. So you lie here on this raft? Enjoying sunlight, gravity, breezes, falling leaves that twist every which way, even in the stillest air. Insects. They don't remind you of the Formix? They do. But I never actually fought the Formix. Just other boys. Did you win? There was nothing at stake, most of the time. And if the only way to win is to hurt somebody, then I lose either way. You've become a philosopher. I get a lot more von Clausewitz than Socrates. More Sunza than Spinoza. Well, they really pulled out the stops, bringing you here. Did you promise to be good and persuade me to go back into space? Graf didn't tell me what to say. Or what not to say. Ha. Exactly. He figures that just seeing me will motivate you to go back into space and save the world. Because you're worth saving. We all are. Even the... Even Peter. How's the old boy doing? I'm helping him take over the world. He gets to be the good guy, and I get to be the rabble-rousing demagogue. I bet you have the bigger following. Huge. It's gratifying. <laughs> and I believe everything I write. When he takes over the world, do you go to jail for sedition? He keeps saying, we this and we that. But I think by we... He means I, and whatever he says to me, he's just talking to himself. I think about you all the time. And Peter, too? Too much. He wanted to go to war. I think he'll have plenty of that before he's done. What broke you, Ender? Not sure if it broke me or woke me. Deep. And it rhymes. I'm still so angry that I can't let myself think about it. Feel my heartbeat. Ooh. Bouncy, bouncy. There was a boy who hated me for topping him. He was stalking me, just waiting for his chance. To kill me, he said. He wasn't joking. The teachers knew it, and they did nothing left me to deal with him myself, alone in the showers. I soaped up so I was slippery, ran all the hot water so the room was steamy and my skin was sweaty, talked him into fighting me one-on-one. -on -one. Let me guess. He was much smaller than you, but mean. If only. I was able to twist around backward when he was trying to hold me. His own grip gave me the leverage to ram the back of my head into his face. He fell like a pine tree. He was bleeding into the water, but not enough. You're afraid he was dead? He was trying to kill me. So much rage in him. I only had the one chance to stop him. 
They want you to be a warrior. That's the stupid thing. They actually want me to grow up to be a commander. To send men into battle where many of them will die. That would be so much easier if I never had any personal experience with combat, struggle, death. It would just be an abstraction. But you know what it feels like to be hand-to-hand -hand with an enemy who's more powerful than you. I wasn't even desperate. I felt nothing. Just a perfect, total concentration. Time seemed to pass slower. I noticed everything. I think it's the trance of battle. You went berserk. No, that was Bonso. He made himself crazy. I made myself perfectly, desperately calm. I never want to feel that way again. I never want to feel my head go through somebody's face and hear him fall, his head striking the hard floor. So, you told them you were through? I meant it. I still mean it. And yet the Formics are coming. I know. Come home. They won't let me. Eventually they might. We've been talking for a couple of minutes, Val. After years apart. And you didn't say anything about mother and father. You didn't ask. I'm not a normal child. Nobody is. You're all I have, Val. No friends at school? A few, but it's always tinged with a kind of loyalty, subservience. They want me to tell them what to do. I've already got Peter for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you came. Think I'd pass up a chance to ride in a limo? I'm not better than Peter. I'm not better than the teachers. I helped the other kids, trained them, then I used them up, hurt them. You have a talent. The human race needs you to use it. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you like it. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean you don't have to do it. <sighs> Someone's got to engrave this griaz on stone. Look how that wasp is flying. Like she's burrowing through the air. I can't even guess what she's trying to do. Oh, land on me, apparently. Hold still. What are you doing? I've learned the hard way. That's a nasty breed of wasp. They don't wait to be insulted before they attack. Nor did you wait for me to be attacked before you defended. We didn't go looking for the wasp. It came to us. The Formics have such a knack for war. How they must have fought on their home world before they spread out to other planets. We need to spread out, too. So if we're wiped out on one world, we still survive on the others. This is such a peaceful colony you've established here. This isn't my home. Not this raft. Not this lake. Not this country. Not this planet. I don't belong here anymore. If you don't, then nobody does. I belong where the fighting is. The real fighting, not the games they use for training us. Real soldiers are so eager to follow a ten-year-old into battle? They're rushing things, ruining the game in order to give me experience. I think the Formics are almost here. I think they've begun to decelerate from light speed, which means they've become visible. The IF knows just how long we have, and they're rushing my training. How long do you think you have? I think they expect me to be Alexander and lead armies into battle in my teens. Or Joan of Arc. You're the only saint who talks to me, Val. I've already asked Graf if I could go with you. I don't want you there. He said when the war's over. He said he'd bring me to you, wherever you are. To weep a little over my grave? Or bring me cookies in my prison cell? You really are depressed. Because they're counting on me to win, and I don't know how. I'm there in the battle room, and I see the way things are, and I still have no ideas at all. What do you do? Nothing. I keep watching, listening, 
Then one of my soldiers will say something, and it makes me think of something else, and then there's the plan. And that happens every time? Every time so far. You're afraid that in the crucial battle you'll have nothing? It's too heavy for me to carry. Peter wants the whole world on his shoulders. Only because he's never carried the responsibility for anything. You've led an army. Oh, Forty kids. It's more responsibility than most adults ever bear. What if I can't do it? Did you ask for it? No? Then it's not your fault if you fail. I don't care whose fault it is. If the Formics win, we all die. Knowing it wasn't my fault won't help. Yes, it will. Because you'll know you did all you could. All you thought of. No one can do more. <sighs> I know that in my mind. I'm here to put it in your heart. Look at that leaf. There's not a breath of wind, but look how it swoops, flutters, like it's dodging some invisible enemy. The wasp. You can't plan everything, Ender. That leaf doesn't know how the air is going to affect it. It's going to reach the ground, though. But where? When? Look how it swoops up. How can it do that? There is a wind. It just hadn't reached us yet. There's Colonel Graff. He's wondering whether I've persuaded you to re-enlist. I knew I was going to give in the moment I saw you. You mean this whole conversation I've been wasting my time? Come inside with me. Something I want to show you. What are you showing me? The thing I've been working on the whole time I've been here. This is the standard propaganda video of the Second Formic War. My re-edit of it. You haven't looked at it once since you've been here. I long since memorized it. Back in the library, I began to think, what if this is all there is? But how could that be? What about Mazer Rackham's strike force? All the stories of courage and heroism. But then Valentine and I were watching wasps and leaves, and suddenly I saw it. So what? What Mazer Rackham saw. The pattern he saw. The swarming of the Formic ships. It wasn't random, like the wasp, like the leaf. Their movements are purposeful, even though they're evasive. Coming at us from everywhere, anywhere. There's no pattern in what they're doing. But there's a purpose, a perspective, a single perspective. Let me back up a few moments. There. I don't even know what you're pointing at. I've put together all the vids in my mind, where every ship of ours is, where every Formic ship is. And this ship, right here, this Formic ship, that's where that single perspective is. That ship contains the mind that's controlling every single Formic vessel. It's not even an important ship. They think they're hiding her. Hiding who? The Queen of the Colony. The Hive Queen. That single mind that controls them all. In all their wars against each other, they learned to hide the queen. But Mazer saw, and now I see it. That's the ship. And look, one little missile gets to it. Back up a little more. The missile came from here and took a wandering path, drifting, purposeless. But then all of a sudden... It's close enough to dart in. That's the missile Mazer Rackham was controlling. One missile? No strike force? The missile came from a supply ship. Mazer Rackham didn't control a strike force. Those supply ships only had three missiles. They weren't supposed to fight. They were supposed to stay out of it. I bet he disobeyed his orders in order to fire that missile. What happens next? Nothing. That little dot of an explosion... That's the absolute last second of the battle. After that, all we have are vids of our marines entering dead Formix ships. No hand-to-hand -hand fighting, just dead Formix. Ships that aren't firing. You're saying he killed the Hive Queen and the battle ended? She's the single mind. 
the one perspective. That's what I realized out there on the lake. While we were talking, you were running these vids in your mind? They're always at the back of my mind. The Formics are the only enemy that matters, and I've been trying to understand them. I noticed Colonel Graff hasn't said anything yet. That's because he's deciding whether he has to arrest you for having heard seriously classified information. I don't even understand it. Hive Queen. Mazer Rackham commanding nothing but a supply ship. And he won the war with one lucky shot. Not lucky. No, he knew. But if people knew that we won the last war, not because of courage and cool weapons, but because of one shot, one shot! If you've only got one move, then you make that move. I've only got one move, Ender. If I arrest her, I lose you. So Valentine is safe. She comes with us, so I can make sure you keep your word. Taking her where we're going is exactly as if I arrested her. She has nothing to do up there except distract you. She stays here, free, to keep doing whatever she does. I'll just have to take her word that she won't talk about this to anybody. Nobody would believe me. I'm an adolescent. They'd believe you if you said it as Demosthenes, or got Peter to say it as Locke. What? I'm a very, very talented bureaucrat, Valentine, and information is the currency I hoard and spend. I keep your secrets, you keep mine. It has nothing to do with Ender. It's a deal between us. I suppose we both know how to keep secrets. If you tell Peter, he'll use it. I never tell Peter anything. I just listen while he tells me what to do. But there's one thing, Ender, I didn't know. Didn't know what? I've seen the same vids as you, but I never saw what you saw. As far as I know, only two people ever looked at the movements of the Formics and understood that a single mind was controlling them, or where that mind was. You and Mazer Rackham. So you weren't just hiding that from me? They were hiding it from everybody. In plain sight. So you think I really did learn to think like the enemy? Once you pointed it out, it's as plain as day. Maybe I can do this. You're going back with me? Don't play games with me now. You watch me for a month, and then today you bring Valentine. You knew I was getting tired of my vacation. You knew I'd want to keep her safe. Say your goodbyes. The car will take you back to school, Valentine. And while we were talking, you called for the chopper to take us to the base. I called for the chopper as soon as I saw you two walking back from the lake. Our course is set for battle school, Colonel Graff. Three hours till we arrive. Ender, I'd like you to meet our pilot. I have no idea why you two were important enough to be the only passengers on this launch, or why they're using a high-speed patrol boat for such a tiny mission. Because we're not going to battle school. Oh? Where do you think we're going? To command school. But, Colonel Graff, you're the commandant of battle school. I was relieved of that assignment when I accompanied Ender to Earth. I haven't received any orders to change Here's them. your new flight plan. Just in case you don't recognize Admiral Shamrajnagar's signature, your immediate superior also signed this order. Ifka. Now I find they know where it is. You were chosen because you have no living family. An assignment to Ifcom means you don't go back to Earth till the war is over. And these coordinates tell me where Ifcom is? They tell you where it will be by the time that we arrive. You can plot it yourself, so there's no point in not telling you. IFCOM is located on the asteroid Eros. I always thought it must be in the Kuiper Belt. Too far from the inner planets. Besides, the Formics used it as their base during the Second Formic War. They tunneled all the way through it, sealed it so it holds atmosphere. And then they conveniently died, so we could use it. You mean we'll be inside an underground space that the Formics made? You think this will give you some insight into the enemy? Are you kidding? 
I get to live inside a space they made for themselves. To live in. Well, you won't get to see much of it. Command school is in a restricted portion. I have to be free to explore. That's more important than anything else they'll teach me. Living in their space, I can learn to think like them. What is he talking about? Ender Wigan is a very talented student. And you can go back to the control cabin now and set our new course. Do you think you can order me around on my own ship? I don't think you read your orders carefully enough. Oh. Sorry, Admiral Graf. You're wearing an army uniform with the duck, with the eagle of a colonel. I'm whatever rank I need to be to do my job, in whatever service. And right now, I'm the admiral of a fleet consisting entirely of your vessel. That makes this my flagship. Carry on, Captain. Aye, sir. You've always outranked me. But you're right. We need to let you have a little wider range than most cadets in command school. Still, there are areas you can't go. But you'll see enough to learn whatever the formic constructions can teach you. What exactly is your new assignment, sir? You, of course. We need to get on the schedule here, so if you can manage to stay awake... I'm not sleepy. This corridor, in the middle, it's tall enough for two adults to pass. But below my waist, about thigh level for you, it widens out on one side or the other. I've read about this. The Formics apparently scurry on all fours, uh, sixes. They had double tracks running in these corridors, and they'd push carts that gripped the rails. Gripped the rails because there's almost no gravity on Eros. No down. Correct. But we're walking normally. Your conclusion? No, oh, we already figured out that there was some kind of gravity control on Battle School. That's why the gate was a clean barrier between gravity and no gravity. Centrifugal force. So there are different principles involved. We have gravity here. The Formics weren't ahead of us in everything. The Jukes Corporation had just developed a gravity control device that could break asteroids into chunks to make mining easier. We weren't able to weaponize it in time for the Second Formic War. What are you doing? I'm still listening. I can't see you. I have to see how this tunnel looked to the Formics. There was no up or down to them, so they needed the ceiling low so they could use both surfaces at once. One rail was on the top and the other rail was on the bottom. Now, see, that's important. Let me lie on my back. See how it looked to Formex walking the other way. Their trams ran so smoothly. They make machinery that's so perfect it could run forever. But we tore out all the tracks. Humans are bipeds. We have to stand up. And we have gravity here, so we had to commit to an up and down through the whole asteroid. That must mean there are a lot of Formic tunnels we aren't using. We aren't making an entire colony here. We use about 120th of the spaces they developed. It's all been mapped by machine, but we haven't had time or need to send people through all the tunnels. Most of their tunnels are unexplored, in exactly the condition they were in when the Formics... left. When they died. The Hive Queen perished, and the Formics didn't stay alive for more than half an hour. The first boarding parties on the first ship we captured found a few Formics that were still alive-ish, in a vegetative state. They were all dead within a few minutes after that. So I might find dried-out Formic corpses in some of these tunnels. Ender, I can't let you go off into unexplored tunnels. There's gravity now. Formic tunnels can suddenly make a steep downward turn. To them it was just a bend, but to us it's a cliff, and you can plummet to your death in the dark. I'll be careful. You won't be in the tunnels. You're preparing me to lead fleets and armies, but I have to hold your hand to cross the street? We'll argue about this later. No, we won't. What are you... Where are you going? There are a lot of side tunnels at the Formic level. 
You can't see them from adult height. Are you trying to get me court-martialed? <sighs> Playing the guilt card. It works. I won't run off. But you have to get helmet lights for me so I can do some exploring. I never realized what a brat you are. The single most important thing about Ender Wigan is not that he was never beaten at that semi-pro sport that passes for command training and battle school. The battle room is a superb training ground for future commanders. What matters is that Ender never lost sight of the real enemy. So what you like best is that he thinks like Mazer Rackham. He does not think like Mazer Rackham. He and Mazer Rackham learned to think like the Hive Queen. The dead Hive Queen. Unless they're supremely stupid, the Formics will never expose their Hive Queens in open combat again. So Ender will have to find a different way of beating them, which is why keeping him in total ignorance has to stop. You can't tell him. Dr. Jayati made that clear. Ender cannot be fully aware- Hiram! The operative word was total! If he's going to be able to benefit from the training that begins here at command school, he has to know about weaponry and communications. The more he knows, the more he'll guess. If he thinks he knows everything, he won't be looking for more. Unlike Bean. Bean is your problem. Bean is your salvation as well as mine if we're wrong about what Ender can bear without breaking. You've watched Bean interacting as a commander. Why do you even hope he'll be a fit replacement for Ender? Everybody hates working under him. He's blunt, he doesn't take their feelings into account. But he's brilliant, and they respect him. In fact, if there's anyone Bean resembles, it's, uh, you. Maybe that's why I don't believe he's fit for command. Because I certainly never was, and still am not. Let's keep that little secret just between us since the Polemark regards you as the ultimate fallback commander? If I'm ever placed in command of our battle fleets, it means we've already given up on any hope of victory. The simulator gives you any perspective on fleet combat that you want. You can see every ship, or you can light them up as separate units. I don't like it. Why not? Because I want to learn how to command a fleet under realistic conditions. These are realistic conditions. Really? First, how will a commander ever be able to observe a real battle from every angle? It would require that we have observers completely surrounding Wrong. the... All we need is three parallax points, which can all be on the one side of the battle. Then the computer extrapolates the views from other angles. It frees you from being forced to view everything from one place. It frees me from revealing my position the way the Hive Queen revealed hers to Mazer Rackham. Any other problems? The obvious one. Where's the lag time? I speak a command, there's an instant response, but I assume we're dealing with large distances here, not like atmospheric combat. Where's the delay for communications by radio over distances? This is the best thing. And the amazing thing is that we've managed to keep it secret. You've broken the light speed barrier. Not for travel. If we could move faster than light. But that's not possible. We can communicate faster than light. We can communicate instantaneously. A million kilometers, a hundred million, a million parsecs. It makes no difference. When we communicate by Ansible, it's still instantaneous as if we sat in the same room. How is that even possible? In the first Formic War, 
we realized that the main enemy fleet, which was still five years out, knew instantly when we killed all the Formics in the advance party and took over their scout ship. They immediately started building a war fleet as they journeyed. So you knew it could be done. I'm not going to try to explain philotic physics to you, mostly because I don't understand it myself. But by the time they got here, we had ansibles on all our major ships. The early models were way too big to fit into smaller vessels, but now every ship in the fleet has ansibles. Why are you keeping this a secret? It's better for the IF if private companies working the asteroid belt and the Kuiper belt can't match the fleet's speed of communication. You don't trust them. The first Formic War was fought and won as much by freelance, jerry-rigged mining vessels as by any organized military force. They haven't forgotten. The fleet needs to have a monopoly on military power throughout the solar system. So this is why it's worthwhile to maintain remote patrols. As soon as we detect a decelerating Formic ship approaching the solar system, we can get the warning. You've already detected their approach. That's why you've been training us at such a frantic pace. I am not in a position to confirm or deny. So I have these ships and no time lag. And in your tutoring, you'll be taught the capabilities of every ship and every weapon. So it won't just be blips of light in the holo display of the simulator. When a fleet admiral is directing a real battle in space, he will have a simulator like yours, showing the position of every ship, theirs and ours, and also any astronomical bodies within the field of combat. The commander doesn't have to be on a ship at all. Another thing we learned from the Hive Queen. Keep your commander safely out of danger. Are you going to tell me the truth or not? Because it's so obvious I'd have to be an idiot not to see it. See what? This asteroid isn't just IFCOM. It's also the flagship of every battle fleet. You're keeping your admirals here on this rock. Out of harm's way. Wouldn't it be nice if being on an asteroid meant that we were out of harm's way? Do they have weapons that can destroy a planetesimal like this? I don't know. But we do, don't we? I told you that Juke Limited invented a gravity device that could break up small asteroids to make mining easier. Well, it's been decades since then, and now we have the Little Doctor. It can destroy a rock this size? It can destroy a fleet, as long as the ships are close enough together. Ships have enough gravity? It began with gravity, but now it works on molecular bonds within a gravity field. When there's enough mass, close enough together, a rock like this, or a closely bunched fleet, it can create a field in which molecular bonds fly apart into their individual atoms. So it doesn't convert mass into energy like nukes. It just forces atoms to jump apart. Oh, there's no lack of destruction. All those atoms jumping apart at the same time? They have to go somewhere. There isn't room for them. So some of them self-annihilate, and that's what keeps the field going until the remaining atoms reach a new equilibrium. They've spread out enough that there's room for them all. And meanwhile, anything that existed inside the field... Gone. With a fleet, there's plenty of room for all the atoms, so an MD field dissipates almost immediately. Poof. The bunched-up enemy ships are gone. But so is the field so our own ships can move safely through that space. Though it's pretty dusty as the atoms start reassembling themselves into molecules again. But a rock like this... The field would persist and expand. So if you were close enough to deploy an MD device against an asteroid, the field would leap out and destroy your own ships. It would dissipate in a few minutes, but by then the enemy and you are both gone. So don't use it near an asteroid... We're hoping they haven't developed their own version because there's no way to counter it. How close is their invasion fleet? Has there been any combat? We still have a while. We haven't fired any weapon at a Formic vessel since the Second Formic War. So they've never seen the Little Doctor? Unless they have one themselves. So, in my training, will I be practicing when and how to use it? You will not. My ships won't have it? They'll have it, every one of them. But we're training you for the real world now, so the first time you use it, you'll never see the enemy bunched up again. It's a use-once device. 
Even in training? Simulations have no value if they don't imitate real-world conditions as exactly as possible. The MD device is a use-once weapon, period. Colonel Graf, have we made the transition to IFCOM time yet? Because I've been up for more than 36 hours and I'm, I'm ready to fall over. In real battle, you go much longer than this without sleep. I thought this was a guided tour. I'll have someone take you to your quarters. This is bigger than my cubicle at battle school. Here's your toilet, and here's your shower. The sink is out here. If you think of furniture you need, you can requisition it. All I need is a bed, and it's already here. Uniforms are folded in the cupboard. What? No flash suit? Flash suit? Something from battle school. You're not in battle school anymore, sir. Why do you call me sir? You're an ensign, and I'm nothing. I'm also not even 11 years old. Command school cadets are all assigned the provisional rank of Commodore. <laughs> provisional. I have the rank, but I can't give any orders. You can give all the orders you want. But nobody will obey me. With all due respect, sir, you really need to get to sleep. Your training begins nine hours from now, and you haven't eaten either. Sleep first. Sleep now, if possible. You're waiting for me to leave, but I'm waiting for you to dismiss me. Dismissed. Good night, sir. Wow. Mr. Wigan, you seem bored by our discussion of throw weights. I'm listening. It's pretty technical for a kid his age. He understands. He just doesn't care. The computers handle all these calculations. What's missing is the enemy's throw weight. We only know what they had in the Second Formic War. Doubtless that's changed by now. Their colony ships are factories. They can build ships and weapons in flight. They also have instantaneous communication, so anything invented on their home worlds can be incorporated in what they build just before they get here. What have we extrapolated about their weapons capabilities? I, I hate to point out the obvious, Mr. Wigan, but we've built everything we extrapolated. Their weapon systems are not our weapon systems, plus everything we've invented. But they aren't human. They don't think the way we do. What path took them to the materials they invented? Their biosolvent, for instance, reducing all living things to a sort of goo that could be used by their life forms. Have we weaponized anything like that? That would be a land warfare weapon. A matter for the Strategos, not the Polymark. As a fleet commander, it would never affect you. How do you know there isn't a ship-to-ship -ship capability? A biosolvent that can eat through a ship's surface? Why are you disrupting a class in existing ship-to-ship -ship weaponry with speculations? The weapons we expect won't kill us. It's the weapons we don't expect. Well, by definition, we don't expect them. But we should be imagining N them. Not in this class. And I wasn't disrupting the class. I was listening silently. You were obviously not paying attention. I was paying attention, but not to you. He's mastered everything that he thinks is relevant. He's mastered the simulator, so it's second nature to him. I think his obsession with the Formix goes beyond preparation for war. He goes into the tunnels now with a kind of desperate eagerness. The way he used to play the giant's drink. The unwinnable scenario, which he won. The other children have been training together and they're also ready. Ready to assassinate Bean. Don't joke about such things. They respect him. It's time to commit to one candidate or another. I think we have time to give Ender Wigan one last teacher. One last enemy. A distraction. A danger. A necessity, in my opinion. Ender Vigan has never faced anything like an equal. It's time for him to lose.
Who are you? Why are you here? Why isn't the door opening? I have classes. I don't care about the classes. What was that for? If you keep attacking the old man, I'm going to fight back. All right, all right, you win. Since when do you have to tell the enemy when he is won? I surprised you once, Ender Wigan. Why didn't you destroy me immediately afterward? Because I sat here looking peaceful? You turned your back on me, stupid. You've learned nothing. You've never had a teacher. I've had too many teachers. There is no teacher but the enemy. No one but the enemy will tell you what the enemy is going to do. No one but the enemy will ever teach you how to destroy and conquer. Only the enemy shows you where you are weak. Only the enemy tells you where he is strong. The rules of the game are what you can do to him, and what you can stop him from doing to you. I am your enemy from now on. From now on, I am your teacher. My enemy isn't a treacherous old man. My enemy is the Hive Queen. You don't get to decide who your enemy is. <laughs> better this time, boy, but slow. You'll have to be better with a fleet than you are with your body, or no one will be safe with you in command. Lesson learned? Yes. Good. Then we'll never have to have such a battle again. From now on, we fight through the simulator. I will program your battles from now on, not the computer. I will devise the strategy of your enemy, and you will learn to be quick and discover what tricks the enemy has for you. From now on, the enemy is stronger than you. From now on, you are always about to lose. About to lose. But you can win. Sometimes you may win easily. But remember that the enemy is also learning from what you show. You are also teaching the enemy how to defeat you. In this school, it has always been the practice for a young student to be chosen by an older one. The two become companions. The older boy teaches the younger one everything he knows. Always they fight. Always they compete. Always they are together. I have chosen you. You're too old to be a student. <laughs> I am old enough that I have learned directly from the Hive Queen. Now you will learn from me. Go eat your breakfast. The door will... <clears throat> I said we were through with fighting this way. Why would you expect me to obey my enemy? <clears throat> I'm a wily old alpha male, and you don't have your adult growth yet. Even the most ambitious young chimp knows when to stop attacking and wait for a later opportunity. You say you fought the Hive Queen. You're old, but you can't be that old. They sent me on a relativistic voyage. Decades out and decades back again. But for me... Only a few years alone in that jail of a ship. Why would they go to all that trouble to keep you alive for 70 years? <sighs> so I'd be here to teach you. When you go to the simulator, it will be me controlling the other fleet. Teacher! Hmm? Do you have a name? Mazer Rackham. I'm really going to play against Mazer Rackham? Don't say that name out loud. <laughs> Only a few of us know that he isn't dead. For a few minutes this morning, I thought he was trying to kill me. Before you start your practice today, it's time to give you the team that's going to help you win. Team? For a year, you've spoken your commands to the computer. 
Now you'll speak to squadron leaders you can trust to carry out your orders with intelligence and initiative of their own. For a year, I practiced alone. Alone? We had you working on tactics and strategies, the capabilities of the machinery. You already knew how to lead other soldiers before we brought you here. Who picked them? How am I supposed to learn what they can do? They've also been practicing, getting to know the simulator, learning to work as a team. With each other? Without me? Why haven't we been working together all along? We needed you to rely on yourself first. It would have been too easy for you to drift along, letting them carry you. Oh, they're that good? They should be. You trained most of them. I haven't trained anybody since battle school. They have their own simulators, but they can hear you and speak to you. The comm is live. Say hello to your squadron leaders, Ender Wigan. Salam, Ender. Ho, Ender. Steady aim, Ender. A lie. Beam. Petra. Who else? Dink Meeker here. Crazy Tom. Shen. I did pretty well when I got an army of my own. We all did. Except Bean, he lost every battle. Hot soup. I was trying new ideas. Fly Molo. Khan Kabi. Even though I never worked under you. Vlad Borochkot. I hope you haven't forgotten everything in the years since we last saw each other. Mostly. We don't function all that well without you. <laughs> Bean did a pretty good job standing in for you. But we are so glad you're back with us. We your jeesh, Ender. Fly, you're letting them get around you to the south. Sneaky little bunducks. They're on the run. Break off and join Dink. She's got three groups heading up at her. I see them. Thanks, Bean. Dink, break off and support Petra. Done. It only took a week, and they're working together like a machine. I prefer to think they're working together like friends. But they'll never work together as smoothly as the Formics do. We don't want them to. Humans have individual initiative. That's our strength, not our weakness. I think it's time for you to take over as Ender's opponent. Once it starts, it has to be relentless. I believe they can handle it. We'll find out. I thought the mind game was a battle school thing. Welcome to Fairyland. This is not even possible. And yet the game called to him, Dr. Jayadi. Somehow it got on his computer. Yes, I can see that. But IFCOM has a closed system. The Ansible is the only connection. I don't care how it got onto the system. I care about what it's doing to Ender Wigan. I can't watch and talk at the same time. The game is the same nonsense as before until we get to the snake in the tower. Now watch Ender as he plays. Don't watch the game. I can tell you about the game. He kills the snake, but it rears back up again as some sort of artist's rendition of a hive queen. We've never seen a hive queen since somebody carelessly blew up the only one who ever came to our solar system. All you can do is blame people, apparently. Still, I'd say it's a good artist's rendition of what a hive queen might look like. Ender seems to think it's beautiful. I think that's a look of awe, not fear. But then he kills it. In the game, he slices off its head. Now, it might be pretty, but it's still the enemy. Now look, there's the mirror. Only it isn't Peter's face this time. It's Valentine. 
Ender has tears in his eyes. This program is really manipulating him. That's our job. He breaks the glass, and what's inside isn't a bunch of vipers now. It's a jewel. Huge. But he takes it. And there it is. Game over. I don't even know how to interpret this mad thing. Why would the software show him a Hive Queen and then Valentine and then... this jewel? Ender is going to go through the next several weeks with no computer except the simulator. But if the mind game is doing this, it's because Ender needs it. He isn't here for therapy, Dr. Jayadi. He's here to win a war against the Hive Queen, no matter how pretty and unthreatening she looks in the game. He knows that's his mission. He thought she was beautiful, but he killed her all the same. How does he feel about it? What does his conscience do to him? Nothing. It's just a game. It's never just a game. Games give us a small world with clear rules, and then we reveal our character by the choices that we make. Is it revealing his character? Or shaping it? I agree. The game has to go, and the only way to do that, since it seems to install itself wherever Ender is, is to give him no computer at all. What you can't predict is how Ender will act when he knows the game is gone. He didn't even know it existed here on IFCOM computers until today. Meanwhile, I believe somebody hand-carried the software, or at least the superficial link to the program. When they see that Ender no longer has a computer, they may find another way to weaken him and destroy his effectiveness. Then we keep him away from everybody. How can he be a good commander if he never gets to spend time with his own Jish? His support officers were chosen because Ender already knows them. Keeping them apart was good for discipline and focus. But now, as he moves into the final sequence of his training here, I think he has to be able to see his friends. There it is. His friends. Not his subordinates. Not his Jish. Friends. Just because you're a complete introvert, Mazer, does not imply that Ender Wigan needs to be treated like an introvert, too. What part of direct order is unclear to you? I already texted the orders while we were talking. What are you doing? Who are you? I have orders to remove all computer systems from your possession. I use this to do my schoolwork. I study on this thing. My orders suggested that you're going into a difficult phase in your training. And you don't need to be distracted. So you won't have any classes for the near future. Well, I wish I could say I was sorry. But the things we've been studying lately have less and less to do with fighting the Formics and more and more to do with shaping a career in the military, which I have no intention of doing. Somehow I got the idea you were in for life. Some people believe that, but they're wrong. Any other computer equipment around? Because I'm about to set off a little pop-up that kills every computer brain in this cavern. Do what you have to. I've got to go to bed. I have the first in the series of exams tomorrow. Thank you for cooperating. If it were up to me, you'd have as many computers and game machines as you want. They work you kids too hard. Eh, but there's a war. There's no war. People seem to believe there is. Seventy years ago there was a war. But we haven't seen a single formic since. I'm just a soldier, what do I know? But to me, it looks like a scam to keep the same people in power. Do what I say, because there's a war. You can't start getting ready when the enemy shows up. Forget I said anything. Nobody tells us grants anyway. But you get assigned to Eros, you'll never go home. What are they afraid of? Bugger spies? Like they could blend in with the population. No. The reason we can't go back to Earth is they're afraid we'll tell them that nobody's fighting anybody, anywhere. You do know that they watch me constantly. There's probably a recording of this whole conversation. What are they going to do? Demote me? Can't go lower. Send me home, please. Put me in jail? That's what this rock is. Good luck, kid. Hope you get a life someday.
Me too. I think that went rather well. Best way to tell a lie is to make sure every word of it is true. <laughs> Colonel Graf, I'm beginning to understand your remarkable career. My career? I'm just a mid-level bureaucrat. Major Jayadi, however much of the government and the military you think Graf controls, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I can only wish. He has plans within plans. Winning the war with the Formics is just one step along the way. A pretty big step. Across a chasm. What matters is that you've now focused all of Ender's doubts and questions on the one area where everything we've said to him is true. Now it's time for me and Ender to have our little talk. Before I link you up with your Jish, Ender, I think you need to see just how far you've come. Watch the hollow display. This is one of the early games we played together. As a reminder, a benchmark. Now, here's the game you played yesterday. It's no surprise that we work together smoothly. Pretend you've never seen it before. Forget what you know about who's doing what. What do your fleet's actions remind you of? The formic movements in the footage from the Second War. Why? Instant responses, no confusion. Everyone in their places working smoothly. As if a single mind controlled all. Your mind. But... Uh... Exactly. You know, and I know, that is not a single mind at all. You know that this movement down here was entirely Petra's idea. And what Bean did over here is something that only Bean does. Dink Squadron thinks like Dink Meeker. Fly Molo's like Fly Molo. They're different from each other. I haven't made them all act like me. That wouldn't even work. I can't see everything at once. I need them to think for themselves. Yes, you know your Jish so well that you instantly place them where they can do the job they know how to do, and then you let them do it. You know their limitations and weaknesses, so you have someone else ready to back them up. You back them up. That's a commander's job. To the Hive Queens, you look like one of them. A single smooth machine with a single mind in charge of it all. But in fact, you're something far better. You're a team of independent minds, all brilliant, giving total trust to one commander who is worthy of that trust. I'm... Not used to hearing praise? Not from you. Only from Yujish, never from the teachers. All stick, no carrot. I'm not praising you, Ender. I'm describing where you are right now. There's never been a better group of independent commanders working together seamlessly, with the clarity of one trusted leader guiding all. We're all doing our jobs. So now it's time to see what you can do with this fine-tuned instrument. Up to now, you've been working with computer-generated opponents, using our best understanding of formic military tactics, but still a machine. But now, you will face a living commander. There will be no easy victory like the one I had where you decode the situation and deliver one missile to one target and the war is over. You and your Jish will face battle after battle. In each battle, your opponent will learn from the one before, adapt to what you show. Is this going to be like battle school, where the teachers kept finding new ways to cheat the game against me? This isn't a sport with arbitrary rules. This is a simulation. We will only give you arrangements of enemy power that are plausible. How many games will there be? If you know the total, you'll count down, and human nature will make you slack off near the end. Not my nature. You might be a little tired by then. So, there'll be a lot of games. This jish of yours, this machine you've created, we're taking it out for a test drive. We're making it as much like real war as we can. Some things may be surprisingly easy. Bad commanders would get complacent. Some might even seem impossible. Bad commanders would give up. So, just as in real war, there are no do-overs. There's no reset, no, can we play that one again? Whatever you do stays done. When have I ever asked for a do-over? That's why you're sitting in that chair. This chair shouldn't exist, sir. 
I should be in the same room as my Jish. No. Why not? Because in a real war, your commanders will be far away from you. Half a light year sometimes. You don't get to hang out after a battle and have a beer, mate. I've never had a beer in my life. Or birthday cake or chips and salsa. I'm not looking for buddies. My Jish is here on this rock with me. I could see them every day. That would allow me to judge how they're handling stress, whether they're healthy. They're healthy. Whether they resent their combat assignments, whether losses are hurting them, whether they're doubting themselves. In the real war, you won't be able to. In a real war? Nobody will set artificial boundaries to make my job harder. Well, in this simulation, we try to imitate the real boundaries you'll have to deal with. I was stuck in a supply ship nowhere near the main combat. And you defied your orders and did what you wanted. What I did was win the war. Now just play the game, Ender. Save the defiance for later. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.